Welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am Katie Wren. I am a wife, a mom to a beautiful baby girl, bonus mom to a beautiful teenage daughter, and successful business owner. I am so excited to connect with you. Sometimes we need to disconnect from the world to reconnect with ourselves. So I am super grateful to be on this journey with you so we can connect together as a community. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Connection Club podcast. I have a very special guest with me, and this has been weeks in preparing and getting him here. But as you guys will find out, my husband's in high demand, highly wanted, and so his schedule has been pretty crazy. We finally got him here to talk about something that has resonated with me over the past few months and something that I've been integrating and learning more of and really developing within myself. And today we're really going to dive into mastering your emotions. This isn't a topic that's talked about very much or even really, you, you can't find a lot of information about it. And now there's things coming out more and more on how to manage your emotions and how to become a master of them. But I'm super excited that I get my beautiful husband here. How excited are you, hubby? Oh, so excited to be here. I'm so proud of my wife and her amazing podcast. And we've just been (laughs) going and going and going. So it's, it's taken a few weeks to get on here. So glad to be here with everybody and my gorgeous wife today. Yay. (laughs) So me and um, my beautiful bear have been together four years, not five, as I thought (laughs) the other month. (laughs) We've definitely had our fair share of ups and downs. And as a couple, we're we're definitely not perfect and continue to work on, you know, ourselves as well as working towards the future with each other. And, you know, we'll probably some things will come up throughout this podcast that will share and be real and raw and vulnerable. And that's what we're truly about as people. And sometimes I guess we butt heads because we are so both very, very driven, but also um, raw, real and um, stubborn. <laughs> so I met my husband whoa, a little over four years ago now. And you guys have heard a little bit of the story about that already. And when I met Luke, he was in a, a time of his life where it was kind of in between things and seeing him grow over the last few years. I'm super, super proud of him and what he's accomplished and what he's actually grown and what he's created right now, which we'll share at the end of this podcast. And I'm super excited for all you guys to learn and know about it because I can see it truly not what it's impacted me in, in you know, just even being around him, but I see how much it's impacting other people too. So we're going to dive into that a little bit, but I really want you you guys to hear from Luke, really his own backstory and where he came from and just share with us a little bit of, you know, before you became this person you are now and what you've created right now, you know, how did you get to the point where you are now? Yeah, I'll give a, about as brief as I can to kind of give you a recap of who Luke is and where he's come from. But at the age of, I, sorry, I just about knocked over my wife here as we're standing recording this. And, uh, you know, at a very young age, I became passionate about health and wanting to help people in health because I watched my grandfather, Charles, pass away of cancer at the age of seven. And I just remember him squeezing my hand and saying, Lucas, you don't have anything if you don't have your health. And you think of how true that is, you know, because a man or woman with their health has many dreams. But a man or woman without their health has but one, just to get their health back. 
And that stuck with me at a very young age. I remember at the age of seven, just this will date me a little bit. You put the cassette in the uh, cassette player. It was born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. And I went out and got the Jack Elaine chair workout book. And I was working out at the age of seven. And I can't say that I knew exactly how it was all going to pan out in life. But all I knew is that at a very young age, starting at the age of seven, I became obsessed with how can I help people get healthier and feel better? And that's where my passion for energy and, and just believing that energy is the number one commodity is our energy and our health. That's where that really started. And then fast forward, you know, I, I was very fortunate to have two amazing parents. My mom and my dad really are fundamental and old school of teaching you work ethic. And, you know, I never had to worry. They, they absolutely always told me how much they loved me and how proud of me they were. But I remember at, at, you know, I was mowing lawns at seven. I was bailing hay and roguing and rock picking and, and detasseling at age 11. And, you know, then from, then I graduated and I became a dishwasher when I was 13. And then I thought I was so grown up when I got a job as a painter because after working in the fields and washing dishes, painting seemed like a, a joy job, right? And uh, then I started my first business when I was 19. I started my own painting company when I was in college. And then, you know, when I went to college, I was originally going to be a teacher because I just wanted to help people. And I loved to coach and I played sports. Uh, wrestling was my primary sport, but I did baseball and football as well. And then, and then I wrestled and played football in college. And I just wanted to help other people the way that teachers and coaches had helped me. And then I became frustrated. And if there's some teachers out there, they'll know what I mean in the constraints of what you're able to do as a teacher, as a student teaching, doing some um, my second year of college. And that's where I switched my major going, well, I want to be able to do what I want if I'm teaching. I don't want to have constraints. And I switched my major to sport and exercise physiology business and basically fitness, exercise physiology. And that's where I became, you know, my second year of college, I started working for America's Fitness, doing what we'd call initial sessions where it was four or five people and we'd take them through eight machines. I just loved it. You know, the average person would always make it about the workout. And I had, I had people just lining up to get in with me and waiting to do their initial with me because I made it about the person, not about the workout. You know, and if you're ever, my advice to everybody out there, and if there's any trainers listening, make it about the person. I it was so fortunate that at 17, I stumbled across an audio at a garage sale of Tony Robbins, Personal Power. And it, it just changed my way of thinking. I was already motivated. I didn't need to be motivated, but I, it was just like the program just spoke to me. And I remember him saying, you know, the only way to be reasonable is to be completely unreasonable. And I just kept saying that to myself over and over and over. I called it, I would Tony Robbins people when they came into the gym for their initials is I'd ask them, you know, what, what's holding you back? You know, why is it? And I'd ask questions and I'd spend about 15 minutes at each person. What was going to keep them coming back to do it? The why, not the how. I said, any one of you can do these eight machines, but it's will you do the eight machines and what will it do for you if you do them? What could it cost you if you don't? You know, either you take care of your health or you don't. And that's where I really started getting repetition in repeatedly of coaching people and started building that muscle of finding out what drove people, what held people back. Why did they work out? Why didn't they work out? Why did they eat good? Why did they not eat good? Because some people ask me, well, where'd you get in the repetition? And it really started when I was 19. Number one, when I, when I was 13, started working out as the why guy. And I would always ask questions. But really at 19, when I started doing that was really where I started just building more and more passion for coaching people. And then uh, I finished up college with my sport and exercise management degree. 
I got in and at 21, I was very fortunate enough to get a job at a health club. And I worked my way up very quickly. Within a year, I went from PT to PT manager to sales manager to assistant manager and then to general manager at a very young age. Then by the age of 26, I, you know, I had by the age of 30 that I wanted to be, have my own health club. And at the age of 26, I was fortunate enough to be able to buy my, my first health club and build that into a small chain of health clubs and weight loss centers. Experimented a little bit in chiropractic clinics. That really didn't juice me that much. Um, I really more enjoyed the more controlled of the health and the weight loss. You know, I continued to coach and speak. And I also waited 13 years to go see my mentor. Because the big thing of what I do now, I listen to Tony Robbins since I came across him at 17, literally almost every day of my life. Not just Tony, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Joel Olstein, Jack Welch, like anything that could help me grow my knowledge in business and fitness or help people or understand psychology more. But Tony was really that foundation. His voice and his style just spoke to me. I, I always said, well, why would somebody go to the seminar and pay thousands of dollars to go to the seminar? If you could just buy the audio, listen to the audio, implement, repeat, buy the book, read the book, go implement, and then reread the book. And so I thought, what kind of idiot would pay thousands of dollars to go to one of those seminars? And it was funny because I was speaking to about 250 people at a, at a chamber event. And this is about 12 years ago. I finished up and afterwards they go, have you ever heard of Tony Robbins? And I go, of course, I've heard of Tony Robbins. They go, well, you sound a little bit like Tony Robbins. You actually look a little bit like Tony Robbins. And I go, yeah, I listen to Tony all the time. He's, he's amazing. And they go, have you ever gone to an event? And my reply was, what kind of idiot would spend thousands of dollars to go to the event? Just listen to the audio, implement, repeat. And so how many of you have had a sign before where there was too big of a coincidence that it was just a sign and you were like, okay, who's over my shoulder watching me? Because the very next day I was playing with my daughter, Faith, in the front yard and the mailman came up. This is the day after I said, what kind of idiot would pay thousands of dollars to go to the seminar? And I get this postcard, this huge postcard in the mailbox. And it said, unleash the power within. And it had this huge head, huge white teeth, big hands on it. And here it goes, it's Tony Robbins. And I go, Faith, I'll be right back. I go in the house and I call the 800 number and I go, sign me up. Like I thought they knew that it was me specifically calling because I felt that it was too big of a coincidence that I got the postcard the day after I said, who would go to the live seminar? I signed up and I remember I went to that first seminar. I went with my friend, Travis, that I'd ran into two weeks before the seminar. I met him. I said, I heard you're into self-improvement because everybody was telling me, oh, you got to meet this Travis. He's into this self-help shit. Just like you, he's drank the Kool-Aid or whatever, not knowing each other. Well, we went to uh, Tony Robbins. I remember getting there and just feeling the energy of being in proximity to other hungry individuals looking to get better. And I just thought to myself, what kind of dumbass waits a decade to go see his mentor? And I just thought to myself, and if you're listening to this now and you've ever thought about going to a self-improvement seminar, a Tony Robbins seminar, just go do it. Learn from my mistake of waiting almost 13 years to go meet a guy I listen to every single day. I can't tell you enough that if you're thinking of going, whoever it is that you listen to, you respect, just get to the event. It was absolutely life-changing to me. I, I can remember that when they opened the doors as priority seating and I was VIP and I, and I paid for the VIP and I literally 
hurdled over chairs, people, whatever I needed to do to sit right behind his platinum partners in the seventh row on the aisle. And I remember, you know, at that first event, Tony said, write three people that you would like to meet. Proximity is power. And I would tell all of you to do this right now while I'm saying this. And if you're driving, just pull over and you can do, you know, do it on the side of the road. But who's three people you would like to get proximity to? Who's three people that you would like to meet or get proximity to? Because who you spend time with is who you become. And I remember him telling me this and I, I wrote down, I go, Tony Robbins, and he kept saying, think big, don't think small, don't pick people that you know you're going to meet already. And I wrote down Tony Robbins, Steve Wynn, and Oprah Winfrey. My buddy Travis, because he did not run to the front and get a seat, asked if he could have the seat next to me. He looks over at my paper and he goes, shoot for the moon, Alice. And Travis actually wrote down three people that he figured he'd meet. I believe he still hasn't met two of them. And I met all three of my people within the next 11 months. And that's maybe a whole nother story, a whole nother podcast. How did I meet those three people in the next 11 months? But it's something happens in your brain, in your psychology, in your mind, when you put a pen to paper and you put your intentions down backed by actions and create strong emotions with them that, that it just happened. And, and from that day, I remember I came home, I was just on fire and they said, you know, Hey, you know, if you, you'd like to give back and help other people get this experience takes over 400 crew to put on an event. And at that time we thought, I mean, I thought this event was huge. It was like 3000 people. Now Tony's UPWs are like 12 to 15,000 people and they're done in arenas. But back then it was only like 2,500 to 3000 people. And they go hug the black shirts on the way out. You can apply to be a crew member. And I remember I went home and I wrote like a seven page letter about what Tony, I have, I had bought in every audio he had, every book he had over the years. And I put all the distinctions, all the decisions in life, how I've lived such a blessed life because of what I've learned in his programs. And I got to come back and crew the next UPW. And I just showed up and I'd watched what he did, what he drank, what he, what he was eating, asked questions. And I showed up and I crewed an event and I'm just going to chop it down short for the sake of time here. And maybe later we can go into detail on a, on a, on a future podcast about that. But I crewed the event and I played at a high level. I showed up to play all out because my belief is if you're listening to this, I, I have a question for you real quick. Are you playing life full out? Are you showing up? as the best version of you every single day? Are you giving your best to every single day? I don't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care how you're doing in comparison to anybody else. At the end of the day, are you going, you know what? I gave today my best. And that's what I did when I showed up to crew. I did that. I got nominated for crew member of the event, which didn't happen that often because a lot of these people had been given for, you know, decades you know, Tony's been going now for 42 years nonstop. And at that time, there are some people that have been there for three decades. And I met my dear friend who was head of crew back then. Now she's like family to us. A sister to me is uh, our dear friend, Lauren Slocum. And now it's Lauren Lahav. And, and she, she met with me and she goes, Oh my gosh, your energy, you'd be great for security. And I go, no, 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 no. I'd love to give back, but me stay shut up. Me not talk. For days, no, probably not a good position for me. Oh, and then on top of it, don't smile. No, no, I'm trust me, I'm not the security guy. She goes, no, 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 just talk to Mike and Jay. And and then I went through an interview process online with Mike and Jay and talked to him a few times. And they said, come try it. And then that journey took me 
on security. I was volunteer security detail for Tony. You know, I did the first event. They said, hey, would you be EPU executive protection unit with Tony and Sage from sunup to sundown? And I volunteered and did that about 70 to some days, maybe 100 days a year for almost seven years. And it was one of the greatest gifts of my life. And I want to quickly touch on this because sometimes people ask, you know, what were those, what were those key things that really happened in your life that you feel really propelled you? I never had the goal to go, oh gosh, I had to be around Tony. I just wanted to get back in the environment and help other people make that step, take that step of coming to the event and get the experience that I waited 13 years for. So I can tell you, if you're listening to this podcast, there's one thing that you should do immediately within the next 12 months, without question, you should go to TonyRobbins.com and sign up for one of his Unleash the Power Within events, because there is nothing on the planet Earth that can explain it. I can't explain it to you, but all I know is in my time, Tony is a gift to the world. He's played at a level for 42 years that most people can't play at for a week, and he truly is here to give and make the world a better place and, and help end suffering for anybody out there. And you can't explain what it'll do for you, but all I got to tell you is you will describe it as one of the best experiences of your life. So I would advise everybody that hears this podcast, get to UPW and get the experience of Tony Robbins and what it will do for your life is indescribable. One of the greatest gifts of my life, that moment that I decided to give back to that environment and what all continued to snowball because I was there to give. And, and, and here's the thing. Most people give to get. And I love the word serve because I always look at, to this day, I still serve Tony. Because I want to give back to a person that's given his life to, to humankind. And I've seen the level that he gives. And everything else in his life is put second to it. And he, and he, and he literally puts his health in danger to keep going and get the outcomes for people. And the thing was, is I showed up in that environment and I just gave and I just served. And it was one of the greatest gifts of my life because the world will give you what you give it. So when I showed up and I played full out and I was truly there just to help other people get the same experience I got, I got the greatest gifts and distinctions and breakthroughs in my life in that time over that seven years of, you know, people in my life and people close to me were going, are you nuts with your skill set? You're doing security for somebody. Are you getting paid for this? And I'm going, no, I was getting paid in, in knowledge. It was a multi-million, if not billion dollar education. You cannot get that education anywhere to watch your mentor and see how he interacts and see at the level he plays and how he treats people and interviews people and loves people and gives and gives and serves at that level. It gave me an education I could have never dreamed of. It gave me perspective I could have never dreamed of. And that all came because I served. And I would ask everybody, what are you giving to the world right now? What's a cause you could believe in? and give to without expectation of what you're going to get from it. And I got many great gifts from it. I mean, they're unlimited. I could go on all day. But I believe the reason I got those gifts is I just showed up to serve and to give back and to help others experience what I experienced. And and that led to, you know, nowadays I'm so blessed and, and humbled and fortunate 
to facilitate and speak for Tony and, and run some of his programs, Life and Wealth Mastery in Fiji in the United States and have smaller pieces that I help with at Business Mastery or Date with Destiny or anything else they need because I'm in that environment to just help that environment affect and change more lives in the way that it changed mine in so many ways, starting at the age of 17 by audio, then through the books, multiple audio programs, and then the live events. And nowadays, I'm very blessed to have multiple businesses. I'm able to coach incredible, talented, smart clients that are much more brilliant than me. But I have a gift because of years of repetition of over and over and over practicing help asking people questions of where they're at and where they want to be and help them speed up that journey and compress what they think they might be able to get in a decade into a year or what they think might take a year into a month and just help them get from where they are to where they want to be faster and not just importantly doing it faster, but enjoying the journey along the way. And that's one thing I've learned over the last decade that in my, my early driven years that I was like, go, 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 that I forgot about is that we want to enjoy the journey of life, right? Because we never get our time back. Enjoy the ride. Don't get caught up. Um, you know, in my fir- first decade out of college, it was, here's where I'm going. Here's what I'm doing. And a lot of times I, I just forgot to breathe and celebrate the wins. And now it's going, I'm just taking it all in enjoying this amazing ride with my beautiful wife and my two incredible daughters and, and the, the amazing people I get proximity to and just going, wow. This is, this is little Luke that grew up with the train tracks in the backyard and, and a very, very simple life. But I always remember my parents would say, Luke, you can do anything you, you want to if you just put your mind to it. Everybody puts on socks one foot at a time. Everybody puts their jeans in one leg at a time. That if you, you decide you want to do something, you can do it. And I just, I just feel so blessed with the life I get to have right now that I'm very fortunate that I get to do what I love every day help people get better results in their life in many different ways. I one-to-one coach people. I get to speak on stages all over the world. I'm creating digital products that can make coaching affordable to anybody out there. And they can get the same distinctions and tools and time with me that my one-to-one clients that pay thousands get. Then I'm also, you know, excited to partner in some other businesses as well that, that, you know, I'll, I'll hold off because I want to keep this to what Katie wants this podcast to be intended to. I wanted you to hear my journey, not, not to impress you, but hopefully as I took you on the journey with me, that you were thinking about what's been your journey in life. That look back and, and just celebrate all those little distinctions and things that came together to bring you to where you are today. And I hope all of you are thinking about what's been my journey. What were my distinctions? What were the things I took? And if you forgot to celebrate it, the cool thing is you can think back and re-celebrate it in your mind. And then we'll take it from there. And I, I think we're going to talk a little bit about emotional well-being today, are we not? Oh, I always get just juiced up listening to you. And, and um, most times that Luke is doing a, a Q&A with his coaching clients or his coaching group, I, I tend to jump on and, and get some nuggets and listen and and really, you know, I'm I'm like a sponge. I love to learn and implement all the stuff that he teaches other people and it's just the amazing knowledge that he's built over the years and the experience that he's gone through in his own life. He gets to really impact other people too. So I'm super excited to really just dive into, you know, we've, we've talked about how you have a role with Tony now. You're speaking and facilitating for him after serving for him for so long. You're in this beautiful position, which maybe we can go into in another episode. If you guys um, reach out and want more me and Luke, then we can make it happen. 
But one of the things that you teach with one of the programs is emotional mastery at your life and wealth program or Tony's life and wealth program. Let's dive into that and let's talk about that more. What does it actually mean? And like a brief insight, what is emotional mastery? To get into emotional mastery, there's two of the most powerful things I've ever learned from Tony Robbins. And these are his, not mine, is the triad. Number one is the state you live in is the quality of your life, regardless of your money or relationships or whatever. The, the, the quality of your emotional state you live in is the quality of your life. And he, he taught us this triad, which is physiology, focus, language, and meaning. Meaning, you know, first, physiology always comes first. And so wherever you're at right now, just jump up and down and go crazy and scream and just go, ah, jump at the top of your lungs and scream. Or even if you're in a chair, kick your feet on the floor. And now as you do that, focus on what you want. What's one thing that you want to come to fruition in the next 30 days that you want to experience, that you want to do, that you want to accomplish, that you want to achieve, and now attach strong language and meaning to it. How that works is if you did that screaming with me, you forgot about what you were thinking about in the past. You forgot about what's to come in, in tomorrow and you just got present. And then it allows us to direct our focus on what we want, not what we don't want, what we have, not what we don't have. We get the power to choose what we're going to focus on. And then language matters. See, our language becomes our experience. If somebody says, you know, I think everybody out there has probably had a day where maybe you were frustrated or a situation or a person you might have been frustrated with. If When you really think about it, and why is my wife looking at me right now? I don't get it. And you can think of somebody you might be frustrated with. I love with. him really. Just sometimes <laughs> I get frustrated, but now I'm learning how to master this emotion and not let it control my day. So... <laughs> uh, but I think everybody can relate. So I, I'll use frustration as the example. If you say you're frustrated, oh, I'm so frustrated, whether it's about a situation, a person, or just life in general, your experience of life will be frustration. Now, what if we just, to give you an idea of how language changed things, the language and the meaning aspect of the triad is if you go, I'm fascinated anytime that you would say you're frustrated. And I just did this with one of my one-to-one clients and he, three or four days later, he sent me an audio and he goes, it's so interesting. It, it like makes me laugh when I normally I'd be frustrated when I say I'm fascinated. Help me understand how you came to that decision. And he goes, I start laughing and I actually feel good where normally I'd get so angry because our, our language matters. If somebody says they're frustrated, they're going to feel frustrated. If you say I'm fascinated, how did that happen? It puts a different energy in your body. So it's, yes, we need to manage our physiology first. We need to change our physiology because if I were to tell everybody out there, get low energy, feel depressed, get negative, you're probably going to put your shoulders forward, your head down, and you're going you're gonna, to you know, think of something negative, right? So there's a pattern to that. So if feeling good, if I said, you know, feel good, feel confident, stand tall, stand strong. You're going to put your shoulders back, your chest up. You're probably going to smile and you're going to feel good. So physiology is always first. And see, a lot of times people go, oh, I'm feeling down or I'm feeling frustrated or I'm angry or whatever. It's like, if you want to change the way you feel right now, if you want to change your emotional state from where it is to where you want it to be, number one, you got to change your physiology. 
Another thing is when, once we change our physiology, we can direct our focus and focus on something empowering that empowers us, doesn't disempower us, that gives us energy, doesn't take energy, that, that lets us know we have a choice, not no choice, and then attach strong language and meaning to it. And you can also work this backwards. Say if you go, oh, I can't change my state right now. Could you think about, well, what could I focus on to change my emotional state right now? If I was focused on being frustrated with a situation, could I look at the situation with a different perspective and focus on, well, this isn't happening to me. Maybe it's happening for me. You know, maybe I don't understand why that this is happening, but could this be a positive in the future? And it's the meaning you're going to attach to whatever you focus on. It's not the situation. It's the meaning you attach to the situation. So it's a little bit difficult without doing a visual with you. Just think of a, of a triangle and it's physiology on one corner, focus on the other corner and language and meaning on the other. That's why Tony calls it the triad. If you're frustrated, okay, first thing I want you to do is change your state and just, and just jump up and down and scream and go nuts. Or if you're in an environment where you can't scream at a, at a point, take three or four deep breaths and get in really good posture and breathe all the way to your belly. And then redirect your focus on a positive aspect of that situation, whatever that is. And then attach language that juices you, not language that takes your juice away. And so it could be something simple. Like I'll ask my wife here, where's an example? If you could tell everybody, what's an emotion that you had this week? Oh, definitely frustration. And I'm so glad you asked me this because I really want people to understand in a, in a real life perspective, in a real life situation that they can relate to and going, okay, this has actually happened to me or something like this has happened to me. And now I know how I can change it for the better. So let's say, okay, let's use the example this week of got frustrated at you not cleaning the baby bottle and left it there all night and it can breed bacteria. And I was left frustrated. I'm like, and Going through the triad negatively, you can see it happening, what happens in a negative way. And when you focus on something that is so irrelevant of leaving a baby bottle out and bacteria breeding, but sometimes, and we, we need to go into this a little bit as well, something so small can trigger a frustration, but it's actually something else deeper that is going on. So we need to learn to ask ourselves, what is actually going on? But let's use that situation, how someone can, instead of going deeper and deeper and deeper into that frustration, not only that they have the ego in there as well, this is what happened to me, is I had the ego attached to it. Like, I, I just don't want to switch out of that state because sometimes we feel a little crazy when we do do that. We feel a little bit crazy when we do that because one minute we're frustrated and the next minute we switch and, oh, we're, we're now happy about stuff. We have in our head a society. The society looks at that and going, well, she's got multiple personality disorder because one minute she's frustrated. Now she's snapping herself into happy. And sometimes we let our ego get in the way of changing our state. So let's tie that up and go deep in that, going the ego, the emotion, attaching an emotion that's something so small like a baby bottle, bottle not being washed. And really what's the deeper reason behind it? And then how we can get out into get out of the triad and be negative about it and, and switch it to positive. 
So I love this example because the women out there, you're relating to Katie right now. And the guys are like, you got frustrated over a baby bottle, which is kind of the same ex- expression I gave when I saw that somebody was getting frustrated over a baby bottle not being rinsed out in time. And so the thing is that, number one, if you find yourself getting frustrated over small things, you need to really focus on this. Because if you get frustrated over small things, what's going to happen when something real in life comes your way? When when it's a problem much bigger than a baby bottle, you're going to have a much bigger charge or frustration or pain that will last longer if you find yourself getting frustrated over small things in life. Or another thing that I want to make people aware of is when you find that that small things are bothering you more so than they normally are, that it's probably time for you to slow down and take time for you, right? Because when we're acting out of character or, you know, like I obviously know it's not normal for my wife to get frustrated at the level she was over a baby bottle. I'm going, are you kidding me? There's a baby bottle. We make good money. Go buy a new one. Like order it off of Amazon. You won't even have to go buy it. Click a button, shows up the next day. Problem solved, right? Guys are with me on this. The girls are going, Luke, that's not the point. And I get that. The thing that I want to point out before we get into the exact example is if you ever find yourself getting frustrated over those small things, you really want to listen to this podcast, this specific episode over and over. So you really get the power of the main thing is the quality of your life can dramatically change because it doesn't matter how successful you are, how much money you make, what's going on in life that if you find yourself going to negative or disempowering emotions on a regular basis, you're going to, you're going to feel anxious. You might get closer to depression, things like that, because you are the quality of the emotions you live in on a daily basis. And so when, when you get to the point of that, that you find yourself snapping out of character over small things, one thing I always recommend to people, even before doing this is I ask them one question. Are you taking the time to just be or breathe or just move on a daily basis? Because in today's world, everybody's so busy. I'm busy doing this. I'm busier than you. No, no, no. I'm busier than you. No, no, no. I'm busier than you. No, no, no. You don't know. I'm busy. No, no, no. I work 10 hours a day. I work 12. I work 16. I work 18. I don't sleep. I work 24 hours a day. Don't sign up for that class. Do not buy into that shit in this world. The goal is not to work as hard as you can and die. The goal is to choose consciously how you want to live. Choose consciously what you want your day to be and live a good life. The goal isn't to be successful. I made that mistake in my my 20s and early 30s. The goal is to be happy. And we can get caught so chasing, being so busy, working so hard that we forget to take time for us. And that's where we get out of character and we tend to snap at small things. So make sure that if you find yourself getting frustrated over really small things, that what will happen if a big thing comes? If you get news that you can't handle, what will happen then? So know that it might be a sign to take time for you. Oh, my wife is looking at me. She has something to say here. It must be really important. <laughs> 
I'm not saying that we have to just solely focus on frustration right now, but it is a predominant emotion that most people feel on a daily basis. But if you feel another emotion, like you are depressed or you're, or you are anxious, this relates to you too, because you're looking at the world the same way, not just that, oh, I, I, oh, well, I don't feel frustrated a lot of the time. So this doesn't apply to me. It applies to any negative emotion. I just wanted to interject that. Absolutely. Because in today's world, are we dealing with a world that a lot of people are, are struggling with depression or anxiety, which what we're, what we're talking about, we'll cover that. I'll finish the, the, the thing we're on and I'll come back to anxiety and depression and my thoughts on that. With getting frustrated over the baby bottle, if you apply the triad in mastering our emotions, if you go, okay, I'm frustrated about this bottle. So, okay, what could I change within myself or my environment? I learned this from Tony. And what could I change within myself or my environment? Not make it dependent on anybody else or the situation. What could I do? See, the only word that will ever change things is I. Not them, not they, not you. I. When, what, what could I change within myself or my environment? Okay, well, let's look at the situation. Does it happen often? I like to say no. She says yes, Okay. If she slows down and says in this situation, oh, you know what? Luke put Lake to bed and he had to get up on a Zoom at eight o'clock. He probably ran, set it on the counter, went upstairs. She probably has no charge, rinses out the bottle, puts it on the rack and goes, Luke had a 12-hour day yesterday minimum. He was just busy and, and on the go. He didn't mean to not wash out the, the, the bottle just to upset me or frustrate me. And that's how she could focus on something different, right? And then- if she focuses on that with the meaning of the situation, would she probably go, wow, Luke had a crazy day yesterday. Like, but he came down, we had dinner, he put Lake down and then he went back up for a Zoom. She now is looking at me in a positive light, not a negative light. And do you see just by her redirecting the focus, how, how the meaning changes of the situation? One thing that's even quicker than the focus or the meaning is if she were to get the water bottle and she were to do some to just physically change your state, to maybe just be playful with it, that if you found yourself frustrated quick, one of the things I tell tell people or, or that I would tell her to do is like, if you find something small, like I left, you know, Lake's bottle on the counter and forgot to rinse it out, just grab the bottle, look at it in a bunch of distorted faces, jump up and down and scream and let out all the frustration you're feeling. And you'll find yourself laughing your ass off at yourself and you'll forget what you're even frustrated about because you radically changed your physiology, which distracted your mind from what you were, what you were really frustrated with. And then you go, Oh, I'll just rinse out the bottle. It takes two seconds. And then maybe without a charge, she's like, Hey, babe, I, I already rinsed out the bottle. It's no big deal, but could you just remember to, to rinse that out? It's a big deal. And it's not that I'm anal about, you know, all oh, the bottle needs to be rinsed, but it's because bacteria grows and it, you know, and if we do that often, it could get lake sick. And I'd be like, Oh, I don't want my daughter just to get sick. I'm going to make sure I wash that out all the time. So that's just a small reason for it. But what I want you to grasp is how this physiology, the focus in the language and meaning apply to it. And some people tell me they go, but Luke, I tried that. I tried that. I tried to change my physiology. I was like, eh, nothing changed. And I'd say, do it again. See, most people don't realize we live in a world where people will spend hours and hours working out and getting physically fit. But how many of you know somebody fit, but it emotionally is not fit, right? And see, the book said 
feed and strengthen the mind and the body daily, right? And see, a lot of people go to the gym, but they forget to go to the emotional gym, which has a large impact that when we're, we go to the emotional gym, when we're living in a positive mental, mental state, a positive place, it's easier to go to the gym on a regular basis. And they feed each other, right? So let me ask everybody out there. I want you to analyze just right now. Just take a second and think. Have you been going to the emotional gym? Do you need to start going to the emotional gym to become aware first of just think about, let me ask this. What emotional state did you live in the majority of this week? If you were to pick one word or one emotion of how you lived the majority of this week. And I just gave this example to my coaching group in a live the other day and, and, and it really resonated with them. So I'll use it again. They said, you know, I said for myself, this week has been determined and motivated. I hired a new PA, Kaylee, and she's just had a I mean, her first week was incredible. She took so much stuff off my plate. We we're getting thing after thing done, handed off, improving things, working on things. And it was so freeing because it was things I was having to do that weren't worth my time or were taking me away from bigger things that I could be focused on. And she was just great at getting them off my plate. So I was so motivated, so determined. And then I had to ask myself, what emotion do I want to live in now? And this was Friday night because I go, you know, what emotion do I want to live in the weekend for being present with my family and my daughter? And we're going to see friends in Fort Myers today. And it's like, what do I want to live in? What emotional state do I consciously want to focus on living in for the weekend? And I was like, I want to be blessed and joyful. And I just started thinking about like, great, I got all that done in the week. And the second I just said, I wanted to be blessed and joyful just by saying the words, guess how I felt blessed and joyful immediately. That's where the language comes in. And then immediately, you know what my mind did? Started playing tricks on me. Started thinking about all the things I'm blessed for. Started thinking about all the things I'm going to be joyful for this weekend. And see, I was driving at the time and, and then I had parked, but I was so blessed and joyful. I wanted to get out of the car and jump up and down. And I went into yoga where I went from motivated and determined and, and really, really driven to going into yoga in a completely different state last night is blessed and joyful. And I got done and I was just in bliss. I was like, my mind shut off. I feel that I had a productive week. And I just feel absolutely blessed that I was able to, to get so much done in the week with yoga and come home to my family. And see, that's the way it all ties together. And I hope that you're catching on to this. And here's the thing. If you're feeling a little bit lost where you're going, physiology, focus, language, and meaning, and and I would encourage you, listen to this a couple times. Sometimes we need to hear things. If you're like me, I'm a bit of a slow learner. Sometimes I need to read a book three or four times to get really the, the, the one thing that I was trying to get out of the book, out of the book, right? Because repetition is the skill to mastery. We got to do things repeatedly. See, if you just try and do this one time right now and you go, it didn't work. No, if you want to master your emotions, you got to obsess about being aware of this on a, on a daily basis because you get to choose where you're going to emotionally live. It's not on somebody else. See, but somebody goes, you don't understand what they did to me, what she did to me, what happened to me. You don't realize what happened to me as a person. And, and see, one thing that we can't change is what has already happened or what was done to you or what somebody else did. All you, all I and, and you can control is how we respond 
the meaning we attach to the situation, the event, or what goes on is what determines our experience with it. And, and that's, that's what's most important. See, because then we're in control of our lives. A lot of times people get anxious because they put other people in control. A lot of times anxiety happens because it's thinking about the future undirected. They're not directing the future. See, there's, a, there's an F word that will change your life if you find yourself being anxious. Or, you know, the thing that would drive me nuts is when people I'd know would say, you know, I'm having a panic attack. And I'm like, over, like, tell me, what is a panic attack? You know, am I going to have to go get, you know, electrodes and zap you back to life? Or you're going to fall on the floor and flop like a fish? Like, what's going to happen? And some of you might be out there, Luke, you don't understand. I have panic attacks. Good, then listen up. Because, or, oh, I'm suffering from anxiety. Meaning that you're worried about the future without having faith behind it. That if all you do is direct your mind into the future, that if you, if you, if you have the, the powerful F word, and no, it's not that four-letter word, it's faith. The illusion of control, that's exactly what it is. It's an illusion. We're never going to be able to control everything in life. And see, a lot of times people suffer from being anxious or anxiety that I, that I deal with because they, they have this illusion that everything should be controlled and that they're not going to have problems. But problems are a sign of life. See, when you solve the whatever problem you're dealing with now and everybody out there has one, when you solve that problem, life's going to give you another problem. The only place there isn't problems is the graveyard. And that's not a really good option, right? Because life is such a gift that we just sometimes need to have faith that what if something completely curveballs us and we just say, hey, I don't know why this is happening right now. And it may not be the best situation. It may be devastating. It could be some bad news you get. It could be somebody passes away. I'm saying, I'm giving you some, some extreme examples so you understand. And you may not know why it's happening. But what if you looked at every situation that it's not happening to you, but it's happening for you. However, in life, we, we don't always know why at the time, but have the faith that it will work out, that it will show up to use the F word, faith, not fuck, faith. Use the proper F word that will allow you to get centered and go, you know what? This will all work out. Instead of asking yourself when you go to language, if you say this will work out, this is happening for a reason and I don't understand it right now, but it's happening for me, not to me versus, oh my gosh, why did this happen to me? I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? How am I going to live? I'm using extreme examples, but almost everybody listening to this has probably said that in them in their mind or out loud to themselves in different situations. And see, one of the greatest gifts I ever had, it was truly a gift, but it was one of the worst days of my life, but it became one of the best days of my life where I can give you a real live living example of this is my daughter Faith had to have surgery at uh, six weeks old. And then again, at seven years old, at six weeks old, it was easier. She was, she was born with aortic stenosis and her aortic valve didn't open up all the way. But at six weeks, she's a baby. She didn't understand what was going on. But when she was seven, it was much harder for me because she knew what was going on. And she had to go in for a double valve replacement, an eight-hour open-heart surgery. Not the thing you want to worry about with your child. I mean, if I could have literally taken my heart out and given it to her, I would have. I remember the nurse came in 
I was distracting her with the iPad, had her playing on the iPad, coloring in the iPad and had her laughing and joking. And the nurse comes in and they go, you know, oh, has she already got her pain medications and everything? And we're like, no. She goes, well, she's so happy. I go, yeah, this is the day she's having heart surgery. You should see her on a normal day. And then she started laughing even more. But what was I doing? I was managing her state, right? I was directing her focus on things, everything but that I'm going into this long heart surgery, right? And I, and I managed her state. And that was the longest eight hours of my life. I remember they, they, they said, oh, we're going to take her away. I'm like, no, you're not. I'll put on my clothes. I'll, you know, get me whatever clothes. And it's funny because we won't get into the details, but they brought me a, what, what are those scrubs? They brought me like medium scrubs. They looked like they were painted on me, if you want to imagine that. And I think it was because I wouldn't take no for an answer. And I remember bringing her into the surgical room, just feeling the pain and the, the agony of just the worry and, and the stress of you're holding your seven-year-old daughter in your arms. They go to put her to sleep and she goes limp in your arms and you have to lay her on a medical surgical table and you have to walk out of the room not knowing if she's going to wake up. I remember walking out those doors and just collapsing on the floor because I gave her every ounce of energy and certainty I had looking her in the eyes as she went to sleep. And I thought at that time, I'm like, this is the worst day of my life. I've never felt a pain like this in my life, but it was the greatest day of my life. And luckily for us, the, the surgery turned out well. I had to think to myself, how am I going to handle this? How do I need to be there for the people in my life if this surgery doesn't go well? That's not a fun thing to play in your head, but I had to play that. I didn't, ha- I, I, I didn't have the opportunity. It, is not, it was not a choice to me because of what I knew to go, oh my gosh, what will I do if this doesn't work? And it's like, no, you know, hey, we got to give it up to God right now. We got to have faith that this is going to work out. And that's why we named her Faith. Because no one with their heart condition, faith is what gets you through it. So when, when I talk about that, that day gave me perspective. That day made me appreciate that every day is a gift. That, you know, it's not a bad day when something small happens. It's a bad day when you have to look somebody you love, your daughter, your child in the eyes and put them to sleep for an eight-hour heart surgery and worry or choose to have faith that things will work out, that things will be okay. And it gave me a perspective that I couldn't have got any other way. And the way I took that to my daughter is I taught her, I said, Faith, you've already, you've already faced death twice and kicked its butt. You got a level of appreciation and perspective in life that nobody else your age or beyond your age usually gets. You have an unfair advantage in life not a disadvantage. You have an unfair advantage. And, and I kept telling her that over and over and over. And she, she is, I believe she's so much more spirited, so much more strong, far beyond her year of age because of the gift of those two surgeries. But at the time, you don't know why it's happening, but you just got to have faith sometimes that everything happens for a reason and everything will work out. So I don't know what everybody listening to this podcast is dealing with out there. Whether you're feeling a little bit down and out, or maybe you felt that way for a while and you feel like you're depressed, or if you're just feeling anxious and on edge every day, or maybe going, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety or I'm having panic attacks or, you know, I'm feeling frustrated. 
I don't know what each person that listens to this will be dealing with. The thing I can tell you is whatever it is, if you really take to heart about what I just shared with you about the simple tool I learned from Tony, and if you really feel you're dealing with something, get to Tony Robbins. He is he is a gift to the world. And like I said, I'm not tied to the sales of it all. Just go sign up for UPW, get to an event. It will absolutely change the game for you if you really feel like you're dealing with something that you can't get out of, whether it's anxiety, depression, whatever, just go, right? It sounds like a commercial, but the only reason I'm sharing that is because of what it did for me and what it's done for so many people I know since then, because I encourage everybody to go, but you, you've got to make that choice. But if you don't go to the event, re-listen to this and write down physiology, focus, language, and meaning, and start going to the emotional gym of picking up the weights yourself. Don't look outside yourself. Go look in the mirror. Go look in the mirror and say, if it's to be, it's up to me. If things are going to change, I got to change. If things are going to get better, I got to get better. I learned that from Tony's mentor, Jim Rohn. In order for things to change, I must change. In order for things to get better, I must get better. And just go say that to yourself in the mirror and just go, I've got this. I can get through this. Change your state radically over and over and over. Do the repetitions as many as you need to do to build the muscle and realize that you must do this thousands of times. Not 10, not 20, not hundreds, not thousands. Because people go, Luke, you make it sound so easy. That's because I've done the work for the last 24 years. And, and even then, I had things come up that derailed me. And I had to go back to work and remind myself who I am, what I'm about, and go, okay, what could this mean? What could I focus on that's going to empower me? And then I'd change my physiology over and over, direct my focus on what I wanted, and then attach strong language and meaning to it. And it doesn't matter what state you're in. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're feeling like you're panicking or about to have a panic attack, radically change your physiology. And you go, Luke, I can't. I would disagree. I'd say you could. Because if you thought you were depressed, you go, I just can't move. If I put a tiger in the room with you, you'd move that ass real quick. And you know you would, right? So that's proof that you could move. It's that sometimes we get in our head for far too long. And if you're in your head, you're dead. If you're in your head, you're dead because it's not where the emotion is. The emotion, the power of us is in our hearts. Think about the most emotionally high charged moments of your life that just juiced you. It was all in your heart. You weren't in your head. So see, sometimes the farthest journey you're going to have is the 18 inches to go from just beyond your forehead down to your heart. And the way to get out of your head If you say, but Luke, I can't, I can't. That's where the physiology always comes first. And if you go, but Luke, I jumped up and down. I was like, ah, I jumped up and down and I did it and nothing changed. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Well, Luke, it didn't work. Go outside and run till you can't run no more. Get your body physically exhausted so you get out of your head, right? Physically push yourself and then exhaust yourself physically and then just go, what do I really want? What's the truth? What am I really after? What what else could this mean than the meaning I'm putting to it? Or if you're feeling depressed or anxious, what am I built for? What is the truth? And you, you have to do this over and over and over again. Physiology, direct the focus, language and meaning. Physiology, focus, language and meaning. Over and over and over. And if you do this, and if you just start today, because when would now be a good time? 
now would be the best time to start because there is no guaranteed to tomorrow. Do not put off tomorrow what you could start today. Today is the day that things could change for you. And even if you're not in that, that far place that maybe it's depression or anxiety or those other things, but you just find yourself living in a emotion that really doesn't serve you that well, well, apply this. And you need to do it over and over and over again. Did I say that? Repetition. Don't say I tried it. Do it. Try is what you say. That's the word I use when my wife, Katie, asked me to take out the trash. Yep, I'll try, babe. How do you try and take out the trash? Either you do it or you don't. Try is the word that our society has been conditioned to use if they go, oh, I didn't fail because I tried. Well, if I always tell people if there's a marker in my hand, try and take the marker out. And then they go ahead and take the marker out. I go, no, 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 that's taking it out. Try and take it out. No, no, now you're leaving it in. You can't try something. Get rid of that word. Get rid of the T word, okay? Just do it. Either you do something or you don't. And what you're going to do is build more confidence in, confidence in yourself by saying what you're going to do and do it. Because some people go, I struggle with confidence. You just got to start making small promises to yourself and doing it. So don't try and do this when you get off the podcast. Ask yourself, how is my physiology? How am I managing my physiology? What am I focused on on a daily basis? In the majority of my time, what am I focused on? Am I focused on what I don't have or what I do have? What's going wrong or what's going right? That life's happening to me or life's happening for me? Because it's your choice to choose what you focus on. And then when you attach strong language and meaning to you, to that, it will build a muscle. And just do it over and over and over again. And I hope that, that this has been impactful for you. I hope that you, you actually go and put this to work. Because I know that it works firsthand for me as Katie wouldn't have me on here if it didn't work firsthand for her, because it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a bad day. doesn't mean you're not, you're going to, you're not going to get frustrated from time to time, but it means what used to bother you for a week might bother you a day. And what bothered you used to bother you for a day might bother you for a few hours. And what bothered you for a few hours might get down to 30 minutes. And once you really get good at this, you can snap out of whatever disempowering state you're in Immediately, whenever you choose to, if you've built the muscle, the most important thing is if you're doing well right now, start building the muscle and becoming aware of this right now so that when life does throw you one of the major curveballs, like the situation with my daughter, I was so blessed to have already had the muscle, to have already had the muscle from over a decade of doing this because I was given this gift of learning about the triad at 17 years old. So now you've learned about it today. What will you do with it? And that's what I'll leave you with. And I'll pass it back to my wife. What do I say after all of that? And I think just a couple of things to add into there of it, maybe of a couple of tools that you guys can use to actually, you know, it, we can't physically go and look in the mirror sometimes. So when can you plan in your day at some point an actual checking with yourself and going, where am I right now? What can I do to improve my my emotion or improve my mood or improve my energy? And maybe set a timer on like 9, 12, 3, 6, and 9 throughout the day where you have a little alert that goes, how are you doing? Or how is your emotion or how is your state? To then reiterate going, well, I'm frustrated right now. And maybe, you know, in your head, use a meter on where you are from being really frustrated, depressed. Like think of a list of all the negative emotions 
you know, really score yourself on where you are. Maybe one out of a 10, one, you're like really feeling crappy. 10 is where you feel super excited. And what can you do in that moment to get your level of mood up and increase? And so just share with us a couple of tools that you've not only taught yourself, but what you've learned from Tony. The big one for me was that mood meter that completely changed the game for me. And I went back to it the other day after being in that state and being stuck at being frustrated. And I don't want to, do you know what? I don't want to feel like this on a daily basis. I don't want to show up like this. So it's going recognizing the emotion, being conscious of it. This is the thing we live so unconsciously that we don't even know that we're in these emotions. So it's time to start learning to be conscious and having that alert going, how are you? How do you feel? What emotions are uh, are you living in right now? And being very, very conscious of it. And that mood meter for me was a game changer. And I revisited it yes, uh, not yesterday, the day before. And I, I woke up a different person on that day because I, I remembered that this is a really strong tool that I can use on a daily basis going, where am I? Where can I be measured? So just show us a couple of tools because, you know, we've been exposed to this stuff for, you know, quite a long time. I'm fairly new to the journey. There's people who haven't even been to a Tony event, have no idea what any of this stuff means. Even when you say managing your state and physiology and stuff like that, that can really throw some people off. So it's really dumbing it down because you did an excellent job of doing that at the Life and Wealth Mastery event. And it really sunk into me and integrated into me and going, Jesus Christ, now I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So let's share some of the tools that people can use, just maybe two or three that people can use to not only monitor where they are but how they can change it what things could they do you know they they might not be able to go running down the street but you know is it getting a rebound or is it that they could just simply learn to meditate or like list a couple of tools for us you know it really when you think of state one of the simplest tools you can do is as you're listening to this what are some things you're willing to do that would manage your state before you would ever get in a really negative emotion. See if we, if we manage our physiology on a regular basis by whether it be rebounding, which means a small trampoline and you're just lightly jumping up and down, whether it's, you know, regularly exercising daily, whether it's, you know, when you find something that frustrates you, finding a, finding a funny word like fascinating or wow, that's incredible. How did that happen? Or, you know, changing things around as the examples I gave you right now. But the other thing is, is Kitty, Kitty already said it. Tony has a tool that he calls the mood meter. And maybe for you, you build your own mood meter and make seven to 10 negative emotions that you don't want to experience and, and, and assign them negative one to negative 10. Create 10 positive emotions that you want to experience where 10 would be the highest emotional state and whatever word you attach to that whether that's, you know, whether you're feeling elated, right? Or what, whatever it is, whatever the word is. Like, you know, I, I was, I was feeling, I, I was positive yesterday. I was feeling, you know, motivated and determined, but joyful is a completely different place, right? I smile when I say joyful. I'm like full of energy and intensity when I say determined and motivated, but joyful, it's like joyful is what I am when I'm playing, when I'm playful with Katie or, or Lake or Faith, right? And, and blessed is a whole different state because you're blessed and grateful, you know, and if you want to get rid of fear, get grateful, right? One of the greatest tools I use is when I find that I'm really, you know, getting hard on myself or whatnot is 
Gratitude is the attitude that makes most other di- most of your disempowering emotions disappear. It's just get grateful. You know, whatever you're stressed about, instead of worrying about that situation, change your physiology by just taking some deep breaths and writing down or saying aloud all the things you're grateful for in life. And don't get too picky. Like, you know, you have a roof over your head that two thirds of the world lives on $2 a day. So what's my real problem? That you had food to eat today, that you have a car to get you from where you want to go. If you don't have a car, you can press a button on your phone and Uber or a Lyft picks you up. See, when we start breaking it down into the simple things that we get, number one, that I got to wake up today because so many people didn't. And when we start thinking about the things we're grateful for, a lot of those negative emotions disappear. So to, to make it simple for you, just make, make a list of the disempowering emotions that you have. Rank them zero to 10, negative one, two, three, four, five, down to 10, 10 being the worst feeling you have, and then make 10 positive ones you want to experience more of and just be aware of it. And and that's what Tony did when he created his mood meter was he just said, Hey, check in throughout the day, random times, just go, what emotion am I living in right now? And you might go, I'm joyful. Great. What could I do to even get, even go up more, you know? exuberant or jubilee or, you know, any goofy word that makes you feel more than joyful. When you feel good, can you always feel better? Absolutely. You don't have to feel bad to make yourself feel better. You can feel great and feel outstanding or excellent or extravagant or whatever word you want to use that means something to you. So number one, it's just, you can't manage what you don't measure. And if you're going, well, I don't know how to measure my emotions. It's simply just check in Start with maybe three times a day. Start checking in the morning, afternoon, and night. And just go, hey, since I last checked in, where am I, where am I currently living emotionally? And where, where would I like to live? And when you ask yourself where you'd like to live, go, okay, what could I change to do it right now? Am I going to radically change my physiology? Could I just redirect my focus? Am I going to change the language and meaning I'm attaching to the situation or what's currently going on? And it's really that simple. And the whole goal is not that you're never going to have negative emotions, but it's to be able to snap out of them quicker and live in a better emotional state daily because the emotional state we live in is the quality of our life, regardless of anything else going on. And my goal is I want everybody out there to live in an incredible, happy, blessed, joyful state all the time. And you know what? You're going to have moments where you drop down. But build the muscle so you can pop back up quickly, as quick as a snap of fingers, by just choosing to go, okay, what could I change? Am I going to change my physiology? Am I going to change my focus, language, and meaning? Or am I going to radically change the physiology and the focus and the language and meaning? Get greedy and do all three of them. And that's that's what what I want for each one of you is that really realize the power of something so simple, so simple, three simple things, and what it can do to the quality of your life in a very short time. And realize also, if you really want to get good at it, the more repetitions you do it. Say, if you want to check in five times a day, great. I just say three because I don't want you to overwhelm. But if some of you are going, I need to really get better at this. If you do more repetitions throughout the day, you're going to get better at it quicker. See, because repetition is what makes us better. It isn't that somebody is better than somebody else. It's somebody just probably did something more times and received more coaching on it. And that's how they got better quicker. Like any athlete, you know, a a baseball player doesn't bat one time and they're good. 
They do thousands and thousands and thousands of times of batting practice to get to a professional level. So what could be more important than us learning to manage our emotions to live in a, in a more joyful, blessed, positive state every single day of our lives? Beautiful. Love it. And um, I hope a lot of you guys are going to go away and do this exercise and know how much it's going to impact you when you do. So we've gone on for quite some time. And um, I think we've just got really one or two things to cover. And, you know, you, you've gone on an amazing journey and I'm, we're going to go probably do another episode on just where have you been, what you've been through and, you know, where you are now, because it's an, a fascinating story. You know, just one of the reasons why I do love this man so much is just his passion and, and energy to help other people. So really just tell us what you've got going on right now and how can people connect with you more and how can they lock in with you as well? Yeah, I'd say, you know, there's a couple different ways. I mean, social media is such a great way for anybody to stay connected with anybody. And I think the account that I look at the most and, and actually reply to myself is my Instagram. It's just Luke underscore Ren, W-R-E-N, just L-U-K-E underscore W-R-E-N. If you're wanting more than just connect on social media, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn is, you know, one of my passion projects right now is I understand that you know, when I, when I was at a young age, I wish that I would have had access to coaching more. And so I've created an online monthly coaching group. Right now it's just $67 a month. It's a 10 time money back guarantee. So if you, if you get into the group and after one month, you don't feel you got 600 plus dollars in value, you just send, send my assistant Kaylee an email and you get your money back. And I don't lock people in for length of time because I believe when you're giving value to people that they will continue, right? That they get to choose to continue. And in addition to that, in that group, I go live daily. I do live Q and A's where you can interact with me live on Zoom calls on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings. Traditionally, the schedule adjusts a little bit. And I go literally live every day. Like next week, we're talking all week in my group about relationships because, you know, they're, they're the greatest joy in life and they're the greatest pain in life, right? But life is better when you get to experience it with somebody. So we're covering relationships next week. I do book summaries of all the great books that I really believe are foundational. Like the first book we did was How to Win Friends and Influence People, where I work with my writer and we compress it down to 80 pages so that in people's busy life, they could read five pages a day and get all the great nuggets from a 250-page book in less than 80 pages. And, and the book we're on right now, Think and Grow Rich, which is such an amazing book. If you have not got this book, go get this book. And again, you know, my, my book summary is what we do is compress the 290 pages of Think and Grow Rich down to, I think it's 79 pages. So people can have a resource they can go to, to compress their time that they have to read and really know that they're getting the good chunks out of the summary. It's not a two or three page summary. It's 80 pages because I didn't want to take out the things that really mattered in a book, but I wanted to make it more compressed of what really stands out that I think affects people's lives. So we do those book summaries. And then additionally, there's additional coaching stuff in there. I got a product launch in this week in there, um, Sunday night setup where it talks about my, the, the, the way that I set up my week, my days, how I look at outcomes, the best thing that I've taken from all the time management programs out there and helping people get time effective and really speak to them in a seven video series. So it, once somebody's in the group, they get everything digitally online and live that I do for life. 
So as long as somebody's in the group right now, it's at 67 a month. Over the next few months, it'll go up to regular price at $97 a month because I, I don't want people to just sign up because it's cheap. I want it to be enough money that people are coming into the group and being active in the group. And right now there's three different ways people do it. Some people come in once a week and, and catch up on everything from the week. Some people love hearing the lives and they get in every day. And then other people are like me. I belong to many monthly online groups where I'll, I'll pick four hours and I'll dive into three groups for about 60 to 80 minutes each and take what I, what I need for my growth and my path to get there. But basically what the group is, is me trying to deliver all the same tools, strategies, time, and attention that I give my thousand dollar, you know, the the people that pay thousands of dollars to work with me monthly and give it to a larger number of people on a regular basis. I just want to add massive value to a larger group of people. So if if you want to, you can just go to lukerenresults.com, L-U-K-E-W-R-E-N results.com. And it says on the page, what's all included. I'd say just get signed up if you think it's for you. And, uh, you know, I'll take all the risk for you with a 10 time money back guarantee and, uh, look forward to hopefully maybe some of you decide to join uh, me in that amazing community on that path, because, uh, it's not just about me. The whole group's about, we, it's an incredible group of entrepreneurs, anything from stay at home moms with side businesses to multi-million dollar business owners to kids that just graduated college in their first job. And what's great is everybody gets to help each other succeed. And it's just great proximity and good energy. So I hope some of you take that path with me. And more importantly, I hope that some of you really took to heart what I said about Tony. You go to one of his live events. Um, one thing I'm excited about is I'm putting together some live events and masterminds for next year as well, for the people in my, in my group and those that want to want to come and go deeper with me as well. So I'm very excited that we'll be announcing that in the next couple of weeks, but wherever your journey is, just keep being on your journey, celebrate the amazing person you are, step into your greatness, step into your purpose, and let's all just go serve the world and make it a better place. Thank you all for having me. Oh, that was amazing. I'm so proud of you, babe, and everything that you've, what you're doing in Ukraine. You're just so amazing. <laughs> Oh, I'm all emotional because I just know the impact that you give people and oh, just just your heart and what you do for others. And I can just see where you're going and what you're creating. And it's just, it's so exciting. And I truly thank God every single day for this beautiful man. He truly broke the mold when he made you, <laughs> when he made you that's for sure. So yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there, guys. I'm, I'm, I would love to share more and go more, but I, I think you're probably fed up of us now, let's face it. And um, I'm just thank you all for connecting with us today and having fun, but just let me know and reach out if you would like more more of a Luke on this podcast. And I'm probably the safe to say that they will like jump at this idea or even jump on your coaching because it'd be crazy not to. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for coming along and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom and your beautiful soul. You're thank you, babe. I love you too. Thanks everyone. We love you. <laughs> we Everybody do. have an amazing day. We do love you guys. Thank you so much for connecting today and uh, learning how to connect with your emotions and let's just take life to the next level. God bless. Mm-hmm.